This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Fionn McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the trooping and solitary, and ghosts who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Mero Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 142 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we continue our look at the Mabinogion with the three Welsh romances of Arthurian legend. This is our final tale of Peredir. This is the story of Peredir and the Fortress of Wonders. But first, a very big welcome to any new and returning listeners. Uh, please do follow me over on Instagram at firesidebard. Email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. And if you really want to support the podcast, you can do so over at headstuffpodcast.com, where you can join Headstuff Plus, where for as little as five euro a month, although you can pay more if you want, you can gain access to not just bonus material for Fireside, but for all of the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And I want to let you know. There is still the latest piece of bonus material up there is my interview with Mark Williams, author of Ireland's Immortals. And there's plenty of other stuff they're building each and every month as a members only exclusive. But that's over on Headstuff Plus if you really want to support it. But of course, the Patreon is still also there for those who've been listening or catching up because Headstuff Plus has only been around for the last like not ju- not even a year yet and we've actually had two brand new patrons over on patreon.com so I want to give a big, big thank you to Madeline Oliver and to Davy McCown for joining over on Patreon the Patreon is not going anywhere for those who still support over on there I'm very very deeply grateful for any new and continued support over the le- last three years of Fireside I am coming to you as I record this evening I am coming to you from Wales. I have actually gone to the land of the Mabinogion, to the land of Welsh mythology, because I've ne- I'd never been, and the opportunity presented itself. Those who've been listening for the past even few months will know that I was meant to still be away in Australia, and one of the main reasons I was adapting the Mabinogion at this time was because I was going to be away for a long time and it was going to be a nice thing to focus just exclusively on for a period of a few months. But that tour was cut short and postponed until next year, so I found myself back in Ireland. So I spent uh, spent some time, I spent a couple of weeks uh, staying with my friends and I've had a bit of a nomadic feeling in me and I've been finding it difficult to settle and readjust uh, back home so I've kind of been wandering around a bit 
and I became drawn more and more to Wales because, like I, as I said, I've never been and I wanted to bring more of a sense of authenticity to adapting these stories. And as I'm back on this side of the planet, I decided to seize on the opportunity. So I'm at the base of the Presley Mountains, the Presley Hills, here in what was the Kingdom of David. I've come to the land of Polk, Prince of David, Narbeth, which is where he was to have ruled from, is about 10 kilometers south from here. I'm really, really right in the dense. I'm staying in a moor shed overlooking a moor. Uh, it is miles away from everything and it feels like the perfect place to continue and possibly even finish adapting uh, the Mabinagian. So I'm going to really be working hard over the over the week that I'm here to try and get as ahead of myself as possible to really try and get towards the end leading up to about the 150th episode of Fireside in eight episodes time where I want to move on to something else. I have a good nice plan for the 150th episode which is going to bring us back to Ireland's shores but I really want to explore and make the rest of the Mabinogion as good as it can be and it's brilliant it feels so right and fantastic to be recording this from Wales to have been writing and adapting and recording these stories of Welsh mythology in it in the land itself so and thank you so much to all of the Headstuff Plus and the Patreon supporters because it's through your support over there that has allowed me to do this kind of research and field trip such as this. But that's all, that's all by the by. That's a good context for you to know that I'm actually recording this story in the land where it should be. But the story for this week is our final story of Peredir, who has been the last four stories. It is by far the longest tale in the Mabinogion. There are others that are nearly as long, but this has been a mammoth to adapt, one of the hardest stories to adapt in the entire history of Fireside because it falls into different subcategories and into sub-stories, sub which make for a more tricky adaptation, even though the breaks and the breaths seem quite natural, particularly in this one. But I'm looking forward to now, after this, the next few will be quite self-contained once off they're one story in the Mabinogion and there'll be one episode, so that'll be nice. But I'm very much looking forward to this one to round off this story of Peredir. This is the story of Peredir and the Fortress of Wonders on Fireside. Peredir and the Fortress of Wonders. Arthur was at his court and his entire retinue was gathered there with him. At the table were Owain, Gwalkmai, and, of course, Peredir. An older woman with black and curly hair entered the court on a yellowed mule. Her skin hung loosely off her bony and high cheekbone face. Her clothes were baggy and tattered, and her hair looked as if she had fallen out of a tree. The mule didn't look much better, or, in a way, couldn't have looked more suitable for its rider. It was sturdy, as all mules are, and just as well, too, for it looked as if it would otherwise hardly be still standing. The rider gripped the old and worn leather reins of the mule and greeted Arthur and his court. Then she turned to Peredir and said, Peredir, I will not greet you or offer you respect. Indeed, fate was blind when she gave you talent and fortune. 
when you came to the court of the lame king, and when you saw the young man with the sharpened spear, and from the tip of the spear a drop of blood streamed down until it spilled on the youth's wrist. You did not question the meaning or cause of that, or any of the other wonders that you saw. If you had, the lame king would have recovered his health, and the kingdom would be at peace. Instead, we are in a state of conflict and combat. Knights have died, wives have been widowed, and young girls unprovided for, and all of that is because of you. With that, the maiden on the mule set off. Peredir was absolutely dumbfounded. He had no idea what this woman had been talking about. He had been on many adventures at this point, and never remembered a lame king or a spear dripping blood. Or at least he never remembered a spear miraculously dripping blood of its own accord. Paredius set off from Arthur's court to solve the mystery of the Fortress of Wonders. He travelled for a long time, and one early morning Peredia could see a rider coming in the distance. The rider had the clothing of a priest, and Peredir asked him to give him his blessing. Indeed, I will not bless you for wearing your armour on such a sacred day as this. What day is it? asked Peredia. Why, it is Good Friday. I do beg your pardon, father. I have been travelling for an entire year, and I did not know what day it was. So Peredia dismounted his horse, removed his armour, and walked from there, holding the bridle of his mount. Eventually the young knight came to a fortress where he once again met the priest. The priest welcomed Peredia, and the knight rested there that night. The next morning Peredia attempted to leave, but the priest asked him to stay for one more night. The next day, when he tried to leave again, the priest said, Today is not a good day for travelling. You will stay with me today, and tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow, and then I will give you what information I have for what it is you seek. It was this fourth day where Peredir again asked permission to leave and begged for information about the Fortress of Wonders. The priest said, When you leave here, you will come to a mountain. Cross it. On the far side of the mountain there is a river, and in the river valley there is the court of a king. And if you are able to get news of the Fortress of Wonders anywhere, it will be from him. So Peredia set out, crossed the mountain, came to the river valley, and met a number of men going hunting. Peredia looked for the one who was chief among them. He identified the king of the river valley who welcomed Peredia and said, Sir, I will give you two choices. Come hunting with me, or go to my home. My daughter will greet you there, and give you food and drink until I myself return from the hunt and then we will talk and carouse into the night. Peredia said, Thank you, Lord. I will gladly go to your home to rest. 
So the king ordered a short, yellow-haired lad to escort Peredia back to his court. There, Peredia met the king's beautiful young daughter, who made the knight feel right at home. Everything Peredia said, the maiden laughed at. It made the short, yellow-haired lad suspicious and jealous. When the king returned from the hunt, the young lad went to him and said, Lord, Peredia and your daughter are lovers. What? How can you be sure? asked the king. I promise you, Lord, I can tell. If they are not lovers already, they will be before long, unless you do something about it. What shall I do? Set some brave men upon Arthur's knight and imprison him until you know for sure. The king set men on Peredir to seize him and lock him up. The daughter of the king went and asked her father why Peredir had been imprisoned. God knows why, said the king, and he will not be released tonight or tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. The maiden did not question her father further. Instead, she went to the prison where Peredia was. The daughter made Peredia's prison cell as lavish as any room in the fortress. There were bards to sing songs, and the maiden stayed with Peredia all night. The next morning, the young knight could hear a loud commotion coming from the nearby town. "'What is all that noise?' he asked the maiden. "'My father's host and his army are all riding into the town today.' There is an earl nearby in control of two earldoms. He is as strong as a king, and there will be a battle between them both today. Peredia said, I want you to arrange a horse and an armor for me. I will join the fight today, and promise to return to my prison cell before the day is done. The maiden arranged all of this for Peredia. And that day he rode out in a pure red cloak over his armor with a yellow shield in his hand. He overthrew every one of the earl's men who approached him that day. And that night he returned to his prison cell. The maiden asked Peredia how he got on that day, but the knight would not speak a word about it. The daughter then asked her father who the best fighter had been that day. I do not know his name, but he wore a red cloak and a yellow shield. The daughter was ecstatic. For the following three days, Peredia killed the earl's men and returned to his prison cell before anyone noticed he was gone. On the fourth day, Peredia killed the earl himself. The maiden went to her father to ask for news. Her father said, The earl has been killed, and I now rule both of his earldoms. Who killed him, lord? his daughter asked. The unknown knight in the red cloak with the yellow shield. Lord, I know who he is. He is the very man whom you imprisoned. The king went to Peredir and released him from his prison cell. He held a feast for Peredir that night, where the young knight was offered the hand of the king's daughter and half of his kingdom. But Peredir said, I did not come here for lands or love. I came to find the location of the Fortress of Wonders. The king said, If you follow the road of the mountain, you will come to a lake, and you will see a fortress within the lake, and it is known as the Fortress of Wonders. We know nothing of these wonders, but know that that is what it is called. 
And so Peredir finally came to the Fortress of Wonders, and inside he found a chessboard. And the pieces of the chessboard were playing against each other. No players, the pieces moving of their own accord. Peredir found himself drawn into the game and fell behind the black pieces. When the white pieces won the game, Peredir was infuriated. He took the pieces in his lap and threw the board away. It was then that the black-haired maiden who had come to Arthur's court entered the room. Shame on you, Peredir, for throwing away my mistress's chessboard. She would not have parted with that for all of her kingdom. Is there no way of retrieving it to earn her friendship? said Peredir. There is one way. Go to the fortress of Uspidenongil and fight the black-haired man who lives there. Every day he torments these lands. Defeat him, and you will retrieve the chessboard and my mistress's trust. Peredir went to the fortress and fought the black-haired man, who soon cried for mercy. Peredir gave the man his life in exchange for the chessboard. But when Peredir returned to the Fortress of Wonders, the black-haired maiden said, You spared his life after I told you that he torments these lands daily? He must be defeated permanently. So Peredir went back to the fortress of Ospedanongil and killed the black-haired man. His next challenge was to go into the woods and defeat a mighty stag with one long horn the length of a spear. Peredir had been told by the black-haired maiden that this stag was terrorizing the lands, destroying the ecosystem. The black-haired maiden sent with Peredir a lapdog to lure the stag out. Peredir let the mighty beast sprint past him and with one swipe cut off the stag's head. The lapdog then ran to an approaching woman on horseback. Peredir thought she must surely be the mistress of the Fortress of Wonders. The mistress took the stag's head and said to Peredir, Why did you kill the most beautiful jewel in all my land? I was told to, cried Peredir. If I have wronged you, tell me how I may earn your friendship. There is one way. You must go to the hillside, where there is a bush, and at the base of the bush there is a slab. Stand on that slab and challenge men to fight you three times. Then you will have my friendship. Peredir went to the slab, and a black-haired man with rusty armor arose on a scraggy horse. Peredir challenged the man to fight. Twice Peredir flung the man from his horse, and twice the man climbed straight back on. The third time Peredir drew his sword, and the man disappeared. Peredir kept on his way until he came to another fortress. Inside he met an old, decrepit, grey-haired man, and there was also a yellow-haired youth who approached Peredir. Lord, it was I who came to Arthur's court disguised as the black-haired maiden. I am your cousin, and this is your uncle. We have been tormented and terrorized by the witches of Kaelo. It was foretold that you would come to defeat them. 
The hardships and the challenges I charged you with were all to ensure that you were in top form for this greatest of battles. Peredir knew these witches. He had defeated one before. These witches were the ones who had trained him in weapons and chivalry. Peredir sent for Arthur and the rest of his retinue. Peredir watched as the witches killed one of Arthur's men. He asked them to stop. Then the witches killed a second of Arthur's men. Again, Peredir asked them to stop. When the witches of Kerlo killed a third of Arthur's men in front of Peredir, the young knight took his sword and struck the head witch on top of her helmet so that her helmet, her armour and her head split in two. The other witches realised it was Peredir who was fated to kill them and fled with their lives, never to return. And that is the last story that is told of Peredir. And that is what is told of the Fortress of Wonders. To be continued. Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. Come on, sissy that pod, let's get sickening! Are you a fan of the Emmy award-winning show RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, sissy that pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co-host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right, whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All-Stars. Sissy That Pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy That Pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play! And that is the story of the Fortress of Wonders and that is the final story of Peredir on Fireside and I hope you all enjoyed it. A very strange tale to end things with, especially with how perfectly structured and satisfying, relatively speaking, the last story of Peredir and the Serpent of the Cairn was, and the Cairn was, compared to this. This was uh, a difficult and challenging one to untangle, so I hope it was as clear as can be, as always I like to say these versions to be as clear as water, but just to even speak through them to speak through the story is always to let you know what my understanding and my journey through it was first of all a major change i had to make was that there is essentially a subplot to this story uh featuring gwalchmai one of arthur's other knights gwalchmai and peredir set out from arthur's court together the black-haired maiden does not insult Gwalchmai like she does Peredia, but, Pere- but Gwalchmai decides to go with him anyway. And they reach this point where they split off and Gwalchmai goes off on his own adventure. But Gwalchmai has his own set of challenges that are totally unfulfilled. He 
requests these challenges and then it just says and that is all the more that is told there and then Gwalkmai just happens to be in the Fortress of Wonders at the end of the story so you're just expected it would be fine if it was a supporting character in a movie and you saw this beginning section and then he was just there at the end you might not question too much what he got up to you would just assume okay I guess he got what he wished but it seemed to be of no consequence and just quite unsatisfying for the sake of this story so it was just as simple to eradicate Gwalkmai from it entirely and make it clearer in in that regard but what's quite frustrating or confusing to a degree and sometimes this just happens with mythology where you just have to accept things as they are and that is this yellow-haired youth this this yellow-haired youth who was in the guise of the black-haired maiden he comes in the form of a woman insults Peredir says he must and and doesn't even say what he must do just insults him and leaves and leaves it up to Peredir to decide that he must find this fortress of wonders which I keep calling fortress of solitude which is where Superman has his lair which is where Jor-El speaks to him. But I've even, like, in my script for this, I have written, I've, I've typed Fortress of Solitude several times and I had to change it back to Fortress of Wonders. Or Castle of Wonders, it is called, in some, uh, in some versions of the story. But Peredia goes on all of these, uh, these challenges where he goes and he is imprisoned falsely and then has to complete all these tasks such as defeating this giant, uh, retrieving this chessboard, defeating this stag, meeting this woman who may or may not be the mistress of the Fortress of Wonders herself, and then eventually coming to this castle where he meets this old man. And there's just kind of no explanation for any of it. There's no reason why why the black-haired maiden came and was so specific, talking about this lame king and the spear dripping blood. This yellow-haired lad just says, oh, it was me all along, and it's actually witches. It's witches that are terrorizing us. So it was me who kind of gave it the addendum that these were all to prepare Peredir for this, this greatest of challenges. But it's also strange in that we have all of this time dedicated to the journey. As I said before, in in these stories, it is far more about the journey than it is about the action or the climax. You know, we our minds are so conditioned to to big, big battle scenes, particularly from from movies. Which I suppose a, a nice comparison to is always with the novels versus the books of Lord of the Rings. In in the books, Helm's Deep is is barely a chapter; it's only a page or two. Whereas naturally, in the movies, it's an over an hour long movie se- action sequence, which is just the differences in the mediums. But here we have that where the so much time is dedicated to this journey of Peredir, and then when it actually gets to it, the the big reveal that it's the witches of Carlow who we have met in the very first story of Peredir, which was a, it was a witch of Carolo who Peredir defeated in this exact same way by hitting her on the head with his sword and smashing her helmet open. It was her who taught Peredir chivalry and weaponry and horsemanship. And it is these witches that now he fights again. But very little time, even in the versions that both the Mad Adesanya book and the Oxford Royal Classics uh, text, they have about five or six lines. They have a very small paragraph. 
dedicated to Pereira sending for, uh, and Gualchmai as it is in, in those versions, sending for the rest of Arthur's court, them coming, the witches killing three of Arthur's men, Pereira telling them to stop, then him smashing open the head of the head witch, and then the rest of the witches fleeing. And that is what is told of the Fortress of Solitude, and or the Fortress of Wonders. And that is what wraps up There's Nothing to Say, that's the end of Pereira, which I suppose there doesn't necessarily have to. Perhaps he lived... Uh, a normal he he life in the rest of his time maybe eventually settled down settled back down with his wife but there is nothing to to kind of wrap it up in the same way that there is in the four branches of the Mabinogion which are very much centered around Polk his wife Rhiannon and his son Prederi and and that entire family and we get the the lives and the deaths of essentially all of the characters who feature therein those stories but not so here the most time is dedicated to Peredir across these four tales of this one mammoth tale, if you're reading it in text. And then just it ends as it does. I suppose this this immortalizes Peredir in, in one way. And I'm sure there are many, many other stories of Peredir in folklore and legend and myth. But these were just the collection that formed that formed the Mabinogion version and immortalized in the literary canon are Percival as he is in the Chrétien de Troyes that's it I very much have enjoyed my time with Peredir he is, he is a real knight's tale and he has been a very fun person and very challenging character to adapt there is only one other story that features him in the Mabinogion that's kind of like a mini story that had the the maiden who gave him the stone in exchange for his love his his promise of his love um, and disappeared after when he had to fight the Serpent of the Cairn. There is a little story of him going and and meeting her and marrying her, but when there was an entire story dedicated to him finding his love and he's offered so the hands and marriages of so many daughters and so many maidens and which he always refuses and say, I didn't come here for love or lands, I came here because I'm on a mission. It just seemed to undermine all of that to have just one small tale of him having this totally other marriage but I will as always I will let you know that that story exists if you want to read it yourself it just wasn't enough to dedicate a whole story to it didn't fit with any other stories and it was just a bit unsatisfying for me so while this final tale was challenging and difficult it was still very important as the end of these because the end is the end it's it's where these stories end in the text so this is where the story of Pereira ends on Fireside but with that I will wrap things up I hope you all enjoyed it this final tale of Pereira next week we have a story called The Dream of Emperor Maxon another story from the Mabinogion that tells the tale of an emperor of Rome which actually has very strong very satisfying similarities to the dream of Angus, which again just feels like this is all in the same world. These are all coming from the same source. But that will be next week, so please follow me over on Instagram at firesidebard. Uh, email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Support over on Headstuff Plus. The link is in the description. Or support over on patreon.com if that more suits you yourself. I will be recording a few of these episodes while I'm here, so we'll be getting ahead of ourselves. Um, I'll see you all you'll hear me all next time and remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.